0: Hello, and welcome to the Latest Science Support Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Evie Casagrande. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative forceplate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach, featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex forceplate data. The technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market, and they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Evie onto the show. Evie Casagrande, welcome to the Science of Sport Podcast. It is absolutely fantastic to have you here.
1: Hi Matt, thank you so much. It's a pleasure and honor to to be with you today. Thanks for, for, for the invitation.
0: And the second invitation, because the first time it didn't work, and that was uh, <laughs> yes that was also a great podcast, but unfortunately it didn't uh, it didn't quite uh, work out as we planned. So we're getting another one on the on the go today.
1: Second uh, round. Let's second go. Second time
0: lucky. Um <laughs> could you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and uh, what you've been up to until now?
1: Yes. Um, well, my name is Evie Casagrande, and um, I'm actually from Brazil. And I came to actually went to America because I'm not there anymore. Went to America in 2010 um, to play f- uh, for a college, uh, Bowling Green State University in Ohio. Um, since since then, I did my bachelor's there. Um, and then I wanted to go to med school ended up not working out. So decided to do a master's in exercise physiology in the same university while I was a graduate assistant as a sports performance coach for the team that I played, actually. Um, And uh, in the meantime, I played semi-pro while I was in my master's and uh, fell in love with sports science, exercise physiology, uh, did a lot of internships with Exos, LA Galaxy, Arsenal, a uh, professional development trip in in Europe. In the meantime, when, while I was doing my masters, and then moved to Michigan in 2017. Uh, 2018, work at a youth athletic training facility, and uh, stay there for a year and a half. And then moved to Orlando in 2018. Stay two years with them, two seasons with them. Um, I'm still working remotely until October, uh, and as, as a consultant uh, kind of role. Uh, had to come. And moved to Europe last minute because of uh, because of family reasons, and uh, now I'm here and um, waited to see what what's the next next step of my journey.
0: Fantastic! So uh, yeah, hopefully in a few weeks' time you'll be able to tell us a little bit more about your uh, next club or organization. Um, yes. But for now, that's, uh, that's still a secret, so I'm not going <laughs> to push you on it. Um,
1: yeah, it's no worries.
0: But. Um, so we're here to discuss how you made the transfer from being um, a player to a coach, and how that influenced the the in and the coaching that you do. So mm-hmm. uh, first things first, how did you make that transition from a player to an SSC coach? Yeah,
1: um, well, it all started when first I was uh, I wanted to go to med school, and then I, I moved to California after my bachelor's in two thousand fourteen because uh, I wanted an adventure. I wanted to see what I actually wanted to do with my life and, uh, as an international student by myself here and all my family was in Brazil, I just real soon realized that it was going to be impossible for me to, um, go to med school because it's too expensive and I didn't want to have debts for my entire life. Um, and, um, and then I, 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 I just realized that I really missed the sport at, at, at the same time in the transition. I wanted to play pro in Europe. I play pro in, in, in Brazil, but I still really wanted to play pro in Europe and I got an agent that stole my entire money and ran away. So (laughs) that didn't work. Um, so at the same time I was like working five jobs, trying to figure it out what I wanted to do and fell in love with coaching. Um, and then, um, from then on, I just went to my master's, uh, program and it was really cool because I needed a closure from soccer. Um, from my, um, my career in college. Cause I felt like I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, was, was able to get the chance to really, uh, give my all. Cause it was so different playing style and game from Brazil that it took me more time than I thought to really get everything good. <laughs> um, so so I wanted that closure. And then when Europe didn't happen for me as a professional, but I, I did go to university uh, for master's, I said, you know, maybe I still can do that and can still do that, uh, that closure can still happen. Uh, so that's when I did my master's and my second year of my master's, I play semi-pro with a team in in Toledo. Um, so it was really cool, really cool opportunity because I was able to coach and I, I had the lens of still a soccer player, um, with a different mindset than I had five years before that, uh, when I was just a student. So it was, it was definitely really cool. And it gave me a lot of different tools to play around and try and error with myself to, to figure it out.
0: And do you think that made you a better, uh, football player at the same time? So you were, you were combining those things. Um, did it give you a better appreciation for how to look after your body whilst you are playing?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, because when I was a, in bachelor's, like, you don't know better, right? Like, And I was not even an exercise physiology student. I was an a, applied health science. Um, so I hurt my back during my sophomore year. And uh, it was mainly because of lack of good technique and the mentality of college sports a lot of the times uh it's you have to be as strong as you can and as powerful as you can but don't sometimes they don't really progress you you know it's getting better but like one, once i started it's it was hard um so after that and while i was training to try to play pro in in europe i actually was in a sports performance company in brazil training with with some people that actually follow like the access methodology and then Um, I really liked the way they worked and, and I, I really uh, started to understand more my body, like in terms of, you know, slowing things down, uh, being able to stabilize, being able to really feel positions and, and apply forces the right way and have a program that has a, you know, a little bit more specific plan in place. So, uh, and then as soon as I started using that, my own training to my soccer career, as I say, my pro player is, it was, oh my gosh, it was so different than when I was, you know, I felt, I felt powerful. I felt stronger and I, you know, was not getting injured. Um, so it was a completely different, different experience that, and, and again, it's hard because you don't know better when you're a player, but if you're, you know, have coaches that are passionate and are able to kind of guide you through the way it, it, it helps a lot.
0: Oh, I can imagine and hopefully uh that'll also be the coaches who are listening to this as well the ones who want to to help their players and guide them in the right way um yep. but when you when you look at back at your career as a coach do you think that having played has helped you get into positions um, and yeah progress through that coaching career
1: um I think it, it helps because I mean a lot of the times clubs and and teams are looking for a People that have played the game, because it, it gives you a different insight, right? It's it's not specific like good coaches are going to be good if they play the game because that's not the case. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that are good in in other sports and um, and they didn't play the game. Um, but for me, I think it was really interesting because I could really relate to a lot of players that I coached. So like especially in the college environment. I had a lot of like lack of confidence as a player. I had three years um, from high school to my probably my sophomore or junior year of college. I really had very, very bad time with confidence, and my mental game was really bad. I had the sports psychologists have to deal with all that, so um, had to develop those tools as a player, and then now when I realized how to deal with those, especially as a semi pro player, when I was able to pass through all that and play with passion and, and happiness and not just playing with, um, thinking what coaches are going to think of me, you know? Uh, so now I was able to help a lot of players in the college, my college players that was going through the same thing and give them tools, um, that helped me to get through that problem, you know, same thing in the professional level. There's a lot of things that it's it's easier to kind of relate to them and, the, and for them to relate to you because they they know that you've been through the same thing. Um, so I think that part is it's really is really interesting. You know, it's I think it definitely helps.
0: So that would uh, in that sense, it does give you an edge over other practitioners.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on what it, it, it does and it doesn't because I I think. Again, as I, I, I say every time, it's like good coaches are going to be good coaches. But um, there is specific times that it actually helps, right? So like for me, for example, specific drills that I do uh, for conditioning or with the ball, I when I'm, I'm doing the drills and being creative, uh, coming up with drills that are more specific to soccer, to, to kind of get them to buy in a little bit more to what I do, it's easier because I've been through that and I have that lens as, as a soccer player of things that are specific to their positions and all that and how to feel those positions and that specific position and, and the, on the field. So I think that helps. And then of course, the, the fact that we can, we can get called uh, to be an extra player in the middle of mm-hmm. practice. That's what, what i always love doing because we sometimes you're always going to have injured players and and last players uh to play with so they always call the people that um have that that not the experience right so um but yeah so there's a there's pros and cons i guess
0: right and uh what would be the cons
1: Um, I think the cons would be mostly, and I think I, I dealt with that, uh, in the first years of my coaching career is like, you kind of get a tunnel vision sometimes because I mean, you are always, you grew up with the sport, right. And, and, uh, all you do and all you, you think about is soccer, uh, and you have that soccer lens. So I think it's for me, when I went to Michigan, uh, to work as a youth, uh, in the youth athletic department, it was good for me because I got out of my comfort zone because there is kids playing all those different kind of sports. And it was the things that I learned there. It's, it, it carried on until now that I still work with soccer, but it still carries on because for example, I started talking to more of my mentors, like the best people with shoulder, um, with shoulder knowledge, right? So like my mentor, Ben Ashworth was the, like one of the best shoulder specialists. Then I was able to learn a lot with them because I had a lot of baseball kids. And now I can deal with my goalkeepers in a completely different set of skills because I learned that. Um, and uh, so that that's, I think that's definitely something that we can always learn so much uh, by just, you know, learning about other sports and other sports demands and and um, so that's the I think the tunnel vision and getting out of your comfort zone is the best way to do it
0: this podcast is also brought to you by flex flex is the latest product to enter the velocity based training market developed by the team at Gymware. flex is the only laser based training system available and it's this unique technology that makes flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub 500 US dollar category it's wireless portable and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. And would you then recommend that to to people working in uh, football? Because if I look at my own career, I started in football and moved away from it. And if I ever go back, I'm sure I'll be a far better practitioner for working in uh, different sports. But um, is that something you then recommend to not always uh, be involved in football?
1: yeah I think so. I think it all starts with uh building the connection and network of um mentors or people that are in those specific positions in other sports and then just asking them how they solve different problems you know and how do they go to uh to get uh a point across using different sports demands and um so I think I definitely think it's really it's crucial for coaches to to get more information on other sports and see how they do things and how they deal with those constraints and, um, the, you know, how do they create the, the movement puzzle and all that, those things. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something that I, I always, I, I always do. I always talk to other people in other sports because I can always learn something different.
0: I think that's uh, some excellent advice. And can you speak to the level of uh, of buy-in that you have in your uh, strength and conditioning programs, because you're uh, or you were a, a footballer? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that that gives you at the end of the day more buy-in from those players?
1: Yeah, I think that mainly because uh, when I, especially when you, I always say that like we as practitioners we have to practice what we're going to program them right so like even when i do my my programs i go through myself so i can fill it out and, and know and know how to you know do it and 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 show them i think for me as a as a former player because i i had to go through that um situation of okay i have to get faster i was not a faster i was not a fast player i was more like aerobic endurance kind of player, but then i I was never really fast and explosive, so had to go through my own programming when I was a player to deal with that and kind of learn how to uh create forces the 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 better way to create forces and 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 to transfer that to what i what I needed on the field so I think that way it's it's definitely um a good thing to to kind of increase buy- in because you've been there, you know how it feels and how it should feel on that specific exercise. Um, and then correlate that. I always tell my players, like, do you know, I always ask them, do you know why we're doing this exercise and kind of makes them think. And then, and I think it, what it helps me is because I've, I've done it and I've played and I know that that exercise like that rotational exercise is going to be good because it's going to give me a little bit of an edge when I, you know, shoot a
0: ball. Um,
1: So I think that sensory kind of cue helps uh, kind of going through that with players.
0: I think that's, uh, that's really interesting as well that you can get into the detail of um, not just asking them the right questions at the right time, but being able to link uh, those movements to specific mm-hmm. movements on the pitch as well. Um, exactly. And then help them make those links with questions um, yeah. so that they buy an extra to the program. That's, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, before we uh, run out of time, I want to ask you the most difficult question that we could uh, we could work out, which was, uh, what mm-hmm. is the one thing that you see or do differently which the rest of the world can learn from? Mm,
1: yeah, I think the first one we talked about, this <laughs> is, is the hardest question ever question ever because it can go on and on um well I think uh, I think especially related to this year um with COVID and what we've been through with lockdowns and kind of it was a process for me with the players to kind of really build a system where they can you know their mental health is a big thing I think there's a lot of things that it's out of our control this year. Um, and I think players and staff struggle with that. Um, so I remember in, in, uh, my masters that, uh, you learn about the self-determination theory, right? Like the three things that help motivation, which is the comp competence, autonomy, and relateness. And I think, uh, what I learned more the most on the last few years is that we're more than just uh, coaches that coach the physical aspect, right? Um, With that theory, like especially in the COVID situation, I was able to develop those tools with my players to really get them motivated again because it was so hard for them to get motivated with not knowing what's going to happen. And then we had three preseasons and six, seven months because we had to go back and and come back again, go back and we don't know what's going on. Um, So kind of, we as coaches need to develop tools to, to really understand the, the other aspect of performance, which is the mental health and, and kind of the motivation. Cause if they don't, if they don't not feeling motivated, if their, their mental game is not working, there's nothing going to be doing on the, on the field and the gym that's going to, uh, make the, them the improvement on the field. So for example, competence, like health. How can they they see that they are able to do those things on the field, right? So, like for example, on our COVID situation, we I I gave them after three months of lockdown, I created this uh, slideshow of all the things that they like data GPS they they've gone through, and it's like in five months you guys ran about uh, whatever uh, x meters that it, it, it's equivalent of playing 15 games you know so whatever you come and whatever competition we have the guys are ready for it um autonomy like letting them uh, choose some things sometimes in, in training uh and relating it, always calling them making sure they're a part of the team and all that so just that holistic uh, philosophy i think that i've i've been developing a lot because um, every time every, everybody asks oh what's your philosophy as a coach and You know, that philosophy is going to change based on the environment, based on the coaches that you work and and just it it involves a lot of that mental health thing that I I think it's really important. So, yeah, so it's just been a a really cool uh, experience um, of myself, like trying to understand those tools sometimes and the impact that you have on players sometimes is above the physical aspect.
0: Evie, that's uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, Thank you very much for your time today. I really enjoyed it and I'm sure everyone did at home too.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for, for inviting me to this.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Evie for all of her hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our free to download agility mini course. That was around two hours of great content broken into bite-sized chunks so that it's easy for you to digest around your normal working week. So in just a few seconds' time, all you need to do is click that one in the show notes and you can get it for free. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to give us a like and a share on social media. If you're on Instagram, for example, you can take a picture of how you listen to the podcast, tag Science of Sport, and we'll get that shared for you to a big social media audience. Um, and if you do do that, and you enjoyed it, be sure also to subscribe to the show on any of the senders which you are currently using. So that's it. Once again, I'm Matt Solomon Science and Support, and I'll speak to you next week.